The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. No mai hoki mai kia the fold imihine kōdangan grieve talking oa. As we record this, it is now a little over 24 hours since news broke that uh, three would be radically downsizing, and at the centre of that would be the proposed elimination of news hub across all platforms and time slots. It's a devastating day for news media, a devastating week, I should say, and one with with so many dimensions that it will it will echo for weeks and months to come. It's certainly in terms of it's a sort of a one shot news story. This is to my mind that the biggest event news story in the beat that I cover, um, media within New Zealand that I can recall. Uh, and we will be processing that for a while to come, but I wanted to do an episode that that sort of dug into that beyond um, the, the monopod I recorded yesterday with someone who had real insight to uh, both its implications but also what we're losing and how it was made. Uh, that person is Mark Jennings, he is the co-editor of Newsroom, the co-founder of Newsroom. He was, for a very long time, the head of news at, at Three News, um, subsequently to become News Hub. If you imagine all of the, the sort of personalities and talent that are associated with that, you know, John Campbell, Carol Hirschfeld, Mike McRoberts, Hilary Barry, Samantha Hayes, Tover O'Brien, Duncan Garner, Paddy Gower, it's just an endless list. Michael Mora, who we talk about on this podcast, phenomenal uh, group of talent with a real through line in terms of how they approach the news. Mark Jennings has had roles, pivotal roles in, in so many of their careers. And so he's just a perfect person to to discuss this with, a, a super thoughtful guy, a real empath, but a a massive brain for and passion for news. And you see that in Newsroom as a product that, that he, he co-creates with, with Tim Murphy. And so, look, this is, as I mentioned at the top, we're, we're still in the first hours of absorbing this. It's by no means a finished story, but we go through what it means, what, what uh, sort of various other organisations, how, how they're tracking and what, what, how they might respond to this. Um, we go through the, the government piece, the, the sort of fairly lacklustre response of the coalition, most of the coalition to this point. The real, the DNA of, of three as an organisation and, and where news is at in a everything from a local to a global sense. It's a uh, it's a pretty wide-ranging, um, passionate, hopefully well-informed discussion. And if you are interested in this story and if you listen to this podcast, how can you not be? Um, I think it's a pretty good way of, of getting maybe a layer deeper than that sort of initial reaction. Um, really appreciate Mark and, and having him on the podcast. So, yeah, hope you enjoy this. This is Mark Jennings on The Fold. Yenakwe, Mark Jennings, welcome to The Fold. Yeah, thanks Duncan, good to be on The Fold. Yeah, it's unfortunate circumstances, but I've been wanting to have you up here for a long time and so I guess that, that's that's where we are. Um, I wondered if you could start with, with just 
the your initial reaction on on hearing the news yesterday? Yeah, I I mean to be honest, I saw it coming. Um, they have been following a sinking lead policy on staffing, as you know. They've been delaying programs. They're losing thirty million at least a year. You could see this coming. What shocked me was the total shutdown. I thought they'd be in for a severe haircut, um, a slimming down of the operation, you know, cutting the cloth to suit. But to suddenly take the big bang, um, I think that's the shock. And it's, it's the wave, the shock wave has gone right through the media industry. When you say the shock wave has gone right through, how, how is that manifesting? You know, you have been... Your phone will have been blowing up much as mine has, I'm sure. Well, what, what's the, the sort of impact? How's that being felt amongst your circles? Yeah, well, I think the first thing is um, somewhere between two and 300 people are going to come on the market. You and I both know that the market will not absorb those people. It'll be lucky to absorb 10% of them as, as it currently stands. So that's a shockwave that's going around. I think um, also there's a lot of talk about Okay, who's next? Um, stuff keeps getting mentioned. Uh, what do you think of that? Because you know, like I, I sort of ran a mental ruler over that in a piece we we just published on on the spinoff as we record, and I stuff is challenged like like all companies are challenged, but I don't buy it as as having anything like the potential for a similar kind of a shock. No, I'm the same. I'm the same, and if. If there are issues at stuff, they will tackle them bit by bit. They will chop away, as everyone does, uh, slim down, um, pivot, etc. So I don't think there's any imminent uh, crash there. I think free-to-air has a particularly difficult road at the moment. We, we see it all around the world. It's not just in New Zealand. Um, and in this market, it's got exacerbated by other factors. I mean, you're right. There is something fundamental to the the cost structure of free to wear that is quite different to other forms of news. When the getting is good, you can make extraordinary sums of money, but it's just got this hard core to it, which where you can just nip and tuck and nip and tuck for essentially forever uh, with yeah. a digital operation in a way that you can't with a, with a 6pm bulletin, right? Right. Uh, that's very right. And they're, they're a bit like um, the Queen Elizabeth. They're not easily turned round. These are big ships. Um, but there's another factor too, I think, Duncan, is that they're carrying all this legacy infrastructure cost um, while transitioning to digital platforms. You know, obviously down the track, everything's going to be delivered over the internet. There won't be any towers dotted around mountains in New Zealand or satellites, particularly, uh, well, not big costly ones like they have at the moment. It might be a different sort of satellite delivery. That is probably with us for maybe 10 years, but a big bold move for um, three would have been to actually switch off that and, and go pure um, IP delivery. So uh, this weighs on this whole industry. It weighs on TVNZ too, this supporting two types of infrastructure to, de to deliver basically the same product, um, and it's killing them. I, I th that, that's, that's really interesting, right, because part of the thesis seems to be they've, they've made roughly 300 people redundant. I, I've asked for an update from, a, from Disco Water Brothers Discovery around the ratio of staff and, and of the remaining staff, but my gut tells me it's at least 50% salespeople. So, you know, Hal uh, Crawford, your, who, who succeeded you as, as News Hub Chief, described it as, uh, you know, a, a database with a sales operation or words to that effect. And on some level, if without news, it does become much more like that than it currently is. Mm -hmm. How long can they sustain the, the, the two-channel approach, even with this much cost stripped out? It still seems to me that they will have a, a big decline in ratings without news to launch the evening. You know, is this actually just a way station and in two years' time will we be seeing something more akin to what you describe? Yes. Um, I, look, what I think is going to happen is that we're going to see three basically become like a, a cable channel uh, that you'd have in the U.S., 
The play out, as I understand it, is all uh, that these are the programs that are played to air, is done out of an LA control room already. By getting rid of news and current affairs, they they can basically run this from LA, um, and they could position a small sales force in a, a small office downtown, um, or or anywhere for that matter. So I think without a strip all the cost out of this channel and and run it as a you know a cable station it goes to the, I, I i think we're not going to see uh, a tv3 station as as we've come to know it because you take news and current affairs out of it what actually is it um it's a bunch of reality shows really news has been the the kind of heart and soul and the thing that um viewers if you like identify with and on that station. So the whole feeling of it, um, its whole place in New Zealand society disappears. And it's it's just like I can see the, the sled going downhill and it's accelerating. Yeah, and, and I think you, you when you sort of try to picture who personifies the brand, Yes, you have your Mark Richardsons who have roles on the news shows and but also work on the likes of The Block. But it's it's Samantha Hayes and Mike McRoberts and Paddy Gower, Ryan Bridge. These are the sort of that they, they they're front and center of their advertising. They're who you're supposed to relate to. Without it, it just with the best will in the world, you know, New Zealand Today is on is, is six weeks a year and gets maybe a month of, yeah. of, of an advertising push. It's just not enough to build a, a culture and a sense of uh, of a channel around. In terms of News Hub, I, I one, one of the things that is sort of less well known about it, uh, even potentially amongst politicians, is that while Sky does have a, a, a thin layer news offering, uh, on Sky Open, that was actually recorded, built, and, and supplied by News Hub. Uh, I got a statement from a Sky spokesperson just just now, basically saying we're going to look um, hard at this. Words words to that effect, that expressing sorrow, but also not you know that they are clearly with the way that they're putting more sports onto Sky Open. They're clearly seeing their role in in the New Zealand kind of sort of television ecosystem changing somewhat and there is an opportunity there. Is there a world where Sky takes a deep breath and buys the News Hub brand and attempts to run it on a, on a, on a much slimmed down basis with a bit of a, you know, kind of halfway between what they have now and something and and what the current news hub is. Yeah, I think that is an interesting idea. My, and it, that is certainly possible to slim that down, get get rid of all the expensive infrastructure at Flower Street, uh, and um, produce a very efficient news product. The only thing I would say is. Does Sky Open, or Prime as we used to call it, have enough critical mass, enough of an audience? Would a news service draw in enough of an audience on a a station that has struggled almost much harder than three? It makes three look like TVNZ. (laughs) So um, that would be my question. And I, I think if I was trying to answer it, I'd say I doubt it. I think... Yeah, but look, if they did, obviously I'd like to see that um, and it would be great. I mean, a much better idea would have been if um, MediaWorks had sold to Sky instead of Warner Brothers. As a path not taken, that really looms larger by the day uh, because it's it's a local company. It has the same kind of content advantages, but it just, it's much more here in yes. a way that I think would would have been quite transformational. And then it would have had three and Sky Open, which would have represented a quite natural comp to TVNZ yes. uh, 1 and 2. Yes. Um, on the, it, It's always been the, the natural owner of TV3 in my view. Um, and, and, you know, the fact that uh, Discovery paid $20 million, uh, for TV3 without even the building, um, that's nuts. It should have gone to Sky for a dollar. Yes. Um, and and then something could have been made a go of here. 
Is it possible now still? I mean, because you think for, from Warner Brothers Discovery's point of view, I'm sure that they, if they could do it over again, they wouldn't be uh, writing that check. It was very much a, a zero interest yeah. rate kind of uh, moment. Could, could If Sky would have approached them now and said, the new price is a dollar, and then you just don't have to worry about any of the stuff, the political blowback, the you know all, all the rest of it. Yep. Can you see that? Um, I could see it. Um, I just I just don't know what uh, Warner's thinking or philosophy is. Um, I've never really understood it, to be honest. Uh, what its strategy was in buying three in the beginning, um, but yes, um, I could see that and. Of course, Sky would then, though, have to do what you said, not just take all the gear out of that building um, and carry on. It, it's got to evolve that new service pretty quickly if it is interested in doing that. So, I mean, we, we've focused this point on the sort of, you know, the, the, the chess-like, uh, you know, elements of the story, but this is ultimately... There, there is a real human core to this. Uh, a lot of the people who, you know, who, who saw their jobs essentially have a, a, become mortally threatened uh, yesterday are people you've worked with very closely. I'm, I'm sure that you've, you've had conversations with them. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a trite yeah. question, but what is the, the mood like among them? Uh, yes, I've had um, literally... 40, 50 phone calls, I suppose, Duncan. Um, I Look, I think in a way, look, I, I wrote a story last year saying, look, things don't look good here. This is not sustainable and things aren't going to last. Uh, I got some quite angry responses from my former colleagues um, and I got the impression that they were under the thinking, look, we might be losing 30 million, but it's simply a rounding error on Warner's um, Brothers Discovery's balance sheet. Um, you know, the chief executive there earns 65 million in, in 2022. So I think they felt safe. Um, yes, they felt there had to be some trimming going on, um, but that was kind of delusional. Um, unfortunately, and I don't like to say that, but I, but I also think you most journalists look on the sort of optimistic side of things. There'll be a way, and well, especially three. To, to be fair to them, had had so many brushes with death that it was almost part of the ambient environment there. It, it was, and I had many brushes with death myself uh, there. But we always took a view like, "Oh, stuff it! We're not going down. Um, we'll find a way. We'll." We'll trim here. We'll do that. We'll do this. Um, I mean, the only the only time that that didn't really work was um, when Mark Weldon insisted that Campbell Live be uh, given the chop. Um, but previously, we always managed to find a way, and it it is part of Three's ethos: this scrappy um, fight to the death. Uh, Tough backs to the wall. Um, everybody's against us, but we but we can do this. And it, it produced a certain type of journalist. It produced a certain type of product. Um, I think one of the things that's happened is that a big corporate American company is is overlaid its structure on on this, and the two just aren't really compatible. Well, that, that's that's interesting, right? And I want to pick up on some of that 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 sort of cultural stuff a bit later on but I, I would like to dwell a little bit on that the the, the DNA level yes. uh, stuff around three I think you saw last night's bulletin was was quite incredible you know obviously when you're reporting on your own organization it's difficult we saw it with the Kamal Santa Maria story at, at TVNZ uh, a couple of years ago but Many organisations, including some news organisations, on getting that news would have walked off the job for the day, potentially just walked off the job, taken severance and just trusted that it was was all going to come in. Three made a brilliant package uh, that that captured the both the emotion and all of the uh, the the different elements that fed into that. It, it 
it does seem to embody what the organization, the news organization particularly, but actually the whole of three is, is yeah. always about. Do you want to just sort of speak yeah. to that? Um, well, I think it, the reporter who did that story encapsulates it. It was Michael Mora. Incredible. Yes, a great reporter. Uh, when he arrived in, our, well, I'll say our, but in TV3's uh, newsroom in Wellington, he was he was a raw kid, um, and he would, I'm sure he would agree with this, a very raw, slightly promising, but very raw. I've watched, and, and he's had help, obviously, but I've watched him over time become what I'd call a quintessential TV3 reporter. Always questioning authority, always working hard, always going behind the scenes. But watching him yesterday was um, quite special too because he he brought a human dynamic to his reporting. And But I couldn't help thinking about he is a classic example of Three News or News Hub's DNA and it all came out there yesterday. Yeah, and I think that there's another thing too though which I really liked about yesterday. I thought it was a sign of their professionalism. Correct. Uh, that, and then the dedication to news as a holy mission. Yes. Uh, and and look, it, one of the things too about Three's DNA is that Three or Three News was bigger than the individual. And it didn't matter who you were, whether you were John Campbell or a new cadet. Uh, this thing was bigger than you and you were part of it. And teamwork was also a really significant factor. I, I worked in Australia for 10 years. In Australian newsrooms, there is no teamwork. It is every man for himself. It's your career. It's about you. And if you can beat down your uh, colleague next door to you and get the story, you your career went up. New Zealand is different to that. We have a team culture here in this country, and it comes out in newsrooms. And, and you know, when I was at three, I saw the most senior reporters help the most junior reporters, and the most junior reporters immediately would help a senior reporter without even being asked or directed. It was just part of that culture in the newsroom. So this became interwoven in, in the DNA and, uh, you know, to me was a, a, a great source of pride, really. Can you talk about those early days of three that, you know, I think you, you wrote about it in a piece published earlier about the, the sort of sitting on beer crates. It's a beautiful metaphor for the believing in the thing so much that you would put aside all <laughs> literal creature comforts it, it, because it was so exciting and important to be creating this this product. Just give me your, your memories of, of the newsroom, yeah. or whether it's a, a news story or a reporter who seems to, to exemplify those qualities. Yeah, just on the bear crates, that, that was a real thing when I uh, first uh, went into TV3 before it was started to have a, a meeting. There wasn't enough chairs. So... Uh, we sat around on beer crates and we consumed some of the product that came in those beer crates as well. Can't go to waste. Uh, no. Uh, and we talked about journalism. And at the end of it, they said to me, uh, do you want to come and work here? And I said, well, why would I come here when I could go over to TVNZ and earn more money and work in a proper office? And they chair. Said, yeah. <laughs> and they said to me, because it'll be a lot more fun. And my answer was, I'm in. And, um, and that, that was kind, things never really changed from that. Uh, we never, ever had salubri. Well, you would have been into the newsroom yourself. Um, it's a bit better these days, but in my day, it was pretty rough. Um, but it didn't matter because actually it was about the story and the job we were doing. And we would, and I, on TVNZ News last night too, Simon Mercer um, did a very good piece. And he also talked about this, that at six o'clock, I don't know if it still happens, but it did in my time. At six o'clock, the whole newsroom remained. They didn't go home. They were all there. And we had two TV sets, TV1 and TV3. 
And we would watch the stories simultaneously. And we would watch very closely to see if we had done a better story than them. Now, I felt like most times we did, um, but no one left. And if somebody was had got maybe occasionally beaten by TVNZ, they would know it. Yeah, some mess said you'd get a, a bollocking was the, <laughs> the word he'd used. And, and you could feel that yes. you know, in, in the products, you yes. know. But, and that is, I guess, one of the things that we lose here. We do. Because, you know, the, so, sometimes we can make a lot of the, the keeping them honest thing, things about um, the competitive tension within newsrooms. But, you know, and because journalists do have their own, you know, like... Oh, totally. And, you know, we're very... You, you don't go into journalism, really, unless you've got some sort of competitive streak in you or you don't last in it. That's right. And, and look, that competition might be between the spin-off or newsroom um, as, as opposed to TV1, uh, TV3, uh, Herald versus Stuff. It's there on every level. It, it keeps us honest. Uh, it drives us. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it, it's such a motivating factor and it is a real loss from that point of view. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. The competitive tension, it's not I, – I think sometimes it can be misunderstood in terms of what what its importance is. It's because, you know, to, to me, it has, it has multiple layers, right? There can be – like it functions as a kind of check and balance on, you know, like a, whether a – if a reporter or an, an organization might duck a story for yeah. whatever reason – that's an opportunity yes. and that that is you know like like that that kind of upholds the other end of the bargain some stories are meant to be uh, told told in video melissa lee said something to me which i think betrayed a bit of a misunderstanding of the modern environment and that she said that radio and newspapers are, are now making video online they are but they don't do it like the tv stations it's not the core business it's not an area no. of emphasis no that that's um Totally right. And it doesn't mean that the competition is nasty and we hate each other or anything. We're all friends, at, or pretty much all friends at the end of the day. Um, but yes, I think you hit on a very good point, Duncan. The This idea of multimedia, yes, we're all multimedia and you and I are sitting here between, you know, behind microphones, but we are also specialists in our own fields, that's and, right. um, and that's different, and we need that diverse group of media outlets. I made reference to Melissa Lee there, you know, who sometimes can come across a bit cold, even to the point of, not not in this instance, but she, you can almost sense sometimes that she, she, she enjoys lecturing media, she comes from media herself, about the, you know, mistakes it's made or or, or what have you. And that, that's, look, that's some of that's natural with politicians. But what did you make of her response and then the response of Christopher Luxon uh, yesterday in terms of the attributing to it to just sort of market forces? Yeah, I, 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 I thought it was poor, to be honest. Um, you know, it was poor on a human level, on a political level for a start. And then it it showed sort of no deeper understanding of the issues facing the media. Um, yeah, it just seemed glib and disappointing. I mean, one guy I've been having a bit of a scrap with um, over his criticism of the PIJF uh, fund Winston Peters. Um, he, he, he had a go at you this, this, this yes, week in a, in a lengthy statement. He did. But, uh, you know, I had a go at him because I'm sick of him claiming um, that we're corrupt and taking bribes. I mean, that's a nonsense. He knows it's a nonsense. So he he's no 
seemingly friend of the media, but he but he did say the right things yesterday, totally. And I don't know whether that's just because he's an experienced politician or 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 what. But I thought his comments were appropriate. I thought Luxon and and Melissa Lee. And I have, you have to say about Melissa Lee, hell, is she the right person to be in this job? I mean, if she, it's almost like she doesn't care. Um, well, why why be minister of broadcasting communications, etc. Unless you're passionately, one thing I'll say about Willie Jackson, you can, you know, I might not agree with his politics, um, but at least he cared and he was interested and he understood the challenges of the media. Um, he looks like a colossus beside her. So in terms of, you know, one of the things which, you know, is, is, is somewhat frustrating in terms of those, the, the kind of sentiments that, that have been radiating out of uh, the coalition as you rightly point out, when St Peter's aside, you know, it is that that sort of market forces idea, and the the reason that I think that, you know, and almost like it puts the blame back on the media. You you haven't adapted, you haven't evolved, you know. And I look at the Washington Post, you know, brilliant publication, incredible history, really important part of the American journalistic infrastructure. Bought ten years ago by probably the greatest technologist currently living, and it's a mess. You know, like all the reporting yeah. suggests it's losing tens of millions of, do- yeah. of dollars a year. There is just a fundamental, when you as an industry go from decades of free provision paid for by advertising and having a not a monopoly supply of advertising, but something close to it, to one in which advertising is everywhere and closely dis- uh, tied to data and purchase decisions, the sort of performance marketing side, you completely break the connection between, uh, you know, attention and, and news gathering and the audience. And then as a society, you need to decide, does this matter? You know, like we we yeah. wouldn't tolerate the, if, if the ratio of police officers to population plummeted by two thirds. We wouldn't tolerate it with, with doctors, with with judges, with legal aid. And I'm not trying to say that we're in the same basket as that, but there are some things that you say are part of a democracy. The fourth estate is one of them. The the fourth estate, you know, you you were there in the glory days, and you're still here now. How bad is yeah. it? Yeah, I I think you've hit you've gone right to the heart of it here, and it's that this idea that the market will sort all this out. Um, the weak will go, the strong will, you know, survive, um, new things will spring up. And um, it's the Sean Plunkett view too, you know. Uh, it's easy to, to have that view when you've got uh, Wainwright <laughs> Jr. behind you and his bag. Yeah. Um, so, but look, the market here is, um, it's, not a, it's not a true market. I mean, we, we have Facebook, Google and other platforms in this market that, you know, compete on a completely different basis to, to what we're trying to do. So we, what's happened is that the market has just come down to this group of survivors in the media that are slimmed right down, living on about 10% of the total advertising market, um, if that. We're not, for, for Luxon to say, oh, look, you know, we just we just leave it to see what happens and stuff. I, we didn't do that with Air New Zealand, by the way, <laughs> the company he used to run. We didn't say, well, there are actually alternative pathways to getting between our towns and cities. You can just walk. Yeah. It, it frustrates me because that was considered critically important national infrastructure. Yeah. And news, any any kind of intermediation yeah. where a fact is tested and sorted and, some, and an uncomfortable one surfaced, yeah. which is not going to happen with the best one in the world, a, a combination of Substack and TikTok, it, it, yeah. it's, it's just quite a facile statement. It is, and I, I, I think as a society, we've, we've sort of lost some of our sense of values about what, what matters, um, how what our children are exposed to as they as they grow up, how we function as a democracy, how we avoid divisions in society that we've truly got now, and you know. The media has somehow become part of this, and and now it's getting dismissed. Um, well, I tell you what, they're going to miss it when it goes. 
Yeah, can you imagine if you're trying to get yourself elected or re-elected with news as the increasingly esoteric concern that they're sort of essentially inviting it to walk into that this could be an, an, an elite pastime rather than a, than a, a mass audience concern. Someone's going to learn pretty quick that you can yeah. just say things that aren't true and yeah. reap the benefits without any of the costs, and and then you know that, yeah. that gets put on to the to the country. We, we've seen yeah. this happen, haven't we? We have, and I think um, you, you know. Let's just go back to News Hub for a minute. I think if I was in opposition at the moment, um, I'd be very very concerned about not having a second TV channel yeah. there. I'd like to hear a bit more from the opposition, really. Um, yes, we heard from Willie, but man. Um, yeah, I think you're right. There hasn't been a big groundswell, and in part because it's a, it's a hard problem to, to solve in a way. Yeah. Um, can we actually dwell on that? Because one of, one of the key differentiators, I think, of, of News Hub as a, and previously Three News as a product has been that gallery team, the incredible tradition. You must have worked very closely with it. That, when yeah. I imagine the loss, it is of how a story is framed up and, and expressed uh, from out of that, that team. Can you use that as a little cipher for what, what goes with, yeah. if this goes? Yeah, well, I think, you know, <clears throat> so, so when I was at three and um, looking for a way to increase the ratings against one, because that's always been the key thing, um, trying to increase the news ratings. I looked at ways that I thought I could differentiate uh, the product. And one of the first ones was to uh, go and hire Mike McRoberts and essentially, and he was up for this obviously, turn him into the leading foreign correspondent. I sent him all around the world uh, to do that so that he became he, he became a figure that, that gave us something different. One of the ways I picked to him is, is in basically a flak jacket ducking behind sandbags because that's what yes. he did for years. That's what he did for years and that's what I wanted him to do and um, it was a very good strategy for us because TVNZ would not match us. They tried a couple of times, but they couldn't. We, we suddenly had far too much experience and, and ability to operate in those environments. I then thought, well, what else can give us an edge? And I looked at the gallery team and I thought, politics is, is quite boring here in New Zealand, particularly compared to Australia where I'd been working. So I, I thought about, okay, let's say if we could be a, a bit more edgy in around politics. Um, so I hired Duncan Garner and I basically said to him, I'm cutting you loose on this. Here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you in there clobbering your opponent every night, being, being edgy, um, you know, pushing, pushing the boat out. And it, it kind of started something and, it, you know, he was – he was followed by Paddy Gower um, and then followed by Tova O'Brien. Part of me thinks Tova almost took it too far. We might have just, she might have just gone a bit too far. That wasn't in my time. Um, Paddy was my last political editor, who I thought was right on the money in that. Bringing personality to politics. And again, it became sort of part of our DNA, if you like. So I'm not sure if that's quite what you're referring to, but we we did look for these strategies that gave us a clear and different identity. Yeah, I, and, and I think that the the very fact that there will be some current and former politicians who are counting down the days says all you need to know about the democratic loss uh, yeah. that, that happens there. Uh, conscious that we're, we're, we're sort of getting through the time. I'm yep. really enjoying this, um, albeit on a very sad topic. In terms of the, this news operation and, and sort of circling back a little yep. to where, where the sky could pick it up, you've mentioned that there was there's some fundamental largesse within 
you know, that it's just sort of baked into the production of tea. And also that Discovery as owner kind of naturally bought in terms of the way that it yes. sort of, uh, you know, the, the overhead structure, for yes. example. Do you have, and you can pick this from uh, as a number of staff, journalistic and non-journalistic, or as a financial number, in your head that if you did a really lean, mean, high-performing, yeah. no, no slouches kind of uh, operation, yeah. what you could do a, a, a sort of a, a bare-bones TV news product for? Yeah, look, the numbers have been declining there through attrition, so I'm not sure now what their total was. But if if we went back to the um, uh, situation when Discovery bought it, I, I think I'd be looking at halving the numbers. So, so I was thinking about how what would I what would I do if I was there if I was trying to save this. I would immediately go to half an hour bulletin. There's a lot. There's been a lot of discussion over the years about this, and there's been a reluctance to seem to reduce your product. Now, really, there's no choice. Um, so I would go to half an hour's bulletin. I would I would have Ryan Bridge and a couple of a, a very lean team doing half an hour um, after that. So you're still competing against One News, but you've got two differentiated products within that and you've got a lot lower cost products. I'd also get rid, disestablish the foreign correspondents. They've got one in London, one in New York, and they've got associated budgets around that. That would go, they own CNN for God's sake. Um, you can whistle up a CNN reporter if, if you want to talk about the Ukraine war or whatever. Um, I'd also ask everybody to take a pay cut. Um, now, this this is not uh, unprecedented at, th at three. Um, so I'd, I'd do that and I'd really crunch down the budget. But then I would also do two other things. I'd insist that the government drop the courtier charges and under pressure, if they thought... this, If, could, if that was the difference, they'd yeah, do it. They'd do it. So you and I both agree, they'd do it. We know they'd do it. But then the final picture is I'd go to the big advertising agencies and say, look, you need to help us save this. You need to direct some more advertising towards uh, TV3. And, and, and Seymour, David Seymour's even talked about level playing fields now and stuff. It, it's 20 years too late, but anyway. <laughs> um, so you ask the big advertisers to give you some more advertising dollars and some of the big companies like you go to uh, one and, you know. Spark. Spark, ANZ. Mercury, all, Mercury. all the rest of it, yeah. All that. You, you get some more dollars into that and suddenly Warner Brothers has got a very hard decision to make because that's probably getting close to a break-even figure. It's interesting that that sort of corporate piece, uh, it's almost an aside, but I, I've often wondered why, you know, they, they're always running risk matrixes at these um, giant companies and, and I don't really understand why they don't direct their media agencies to overweight for local news because it makes their operating environment that much more stable. It's not great at the moment, but if you have a diminished or even an absent local news environment and you get some sort of, you know, influencer type person on there saying... 5G gives you, uh, you know, like these, these are real things that yeah, have yeah. happened. And if you yeah. don't get that sort of tested, that can spread massively and become a yes. massive headache that, you know, risks your sort of multi-million, if not multi-billion dollar investments. And that's yes. just one kind of narrow example of the yes. how your social license to operate relies on some level on, on this kind of, this infrastructure. But there really has never been, I think, a particular sense from the corporate sector, and certainly not from government, which relies on it even more, that they, you know, have a vested interest in having an informed population. And do, you, do you know what I think one of the reasons for that is, though, is that, and the media is slightly to blame for this too, is how much effort do we make to stay connected to those decision makers? Yeah, um, I'm not sure, but... I totally think you're right. There, there is a responsibility, a social. If if if, if people are giving you a social license to operate, then you you need to reciprocate that. 
Yeah, right. And right now, it's it's sort of free riding, and I, I don't I don't think it'll be long before we do see some kind of mass information disorder event. I mean, we've obviously seen it with on the steps of of Parliament, but mm. but one that has a a more specified impact that is a real problem for a company uh, and. Yeah, maybe yeah. that changes things. We're sort of almost out of time. I'll have to get you up again, but I'd, I'd love for you to talk a bit about Newsroom, as, as which is what you've been doing since 3. To me, it's a, a product which has become really assured in terms of what it is, its, its role in the marketplace, uh, and you know, it's, it's got a, a consistency of, of staffing and scope that, that really speaks to that. Uh, how, how is it tracking right now? Well, uh, I was just talking to Toby actually um, out in the newsroom, your newsroom, and he was asking me the same question. And I was saying, look, it's going well, but there's a nervousness. Um, and, and events like yesterday um, add to that. Uh, it, it, I think the, the whole, um, all media companies are in this sort of, state of fragility in a way and it only would take one or two events for us to suddenly be going oh this 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 doesn't look good now that hasn't happened with us but if if you went back uh, a couple of years um and i'm sure it was the same for the spin-off uh we were zooming along really well the bowers withdrawal from the market bought a new recognition about the value of uh, news and current affairs uh the advertising market was uh, you know Yes, it was diminishing, but it was still fine. Uh, those things have changed a bit, and I think there is a nervousness. I think the one thing, uh, particularly for us, is that we have very low technology costs. Um, you know, our only cost really is is journalists. Um, but that's a big enough cost too, as we all, all know. So we've got these operating advantages in in the current market as opposed to what we've just seen with all the big legacy uh, companies. So I think we're, we're positioned well. And uh, so when we started, we, there was a gap in the market for what I'd call, you know, quality uh, news and current affairs, investigative work, et cetera. And we drove through that gap uh, with a bit of luck and, and, and did okay. That gap uh, closed up a bit um, as, as many other organisations went, okay, we've got to do investigative stuff. Uh, we've got to do some of this. What that newsroom are doing. So the gap closed down on us. I suspect that gap is going to open up a bit again as, as we're seeing um, more people leave the industry uh, currently. So, yeah, I think we're doing okay, but um, I'm weary. Well, certainly, and, and you know, I, I would obviously echo everything you said. We, we've organisations that, that, you know, we uh, have, you know, we, we, we do occupy... I think we're really well differentiated, but certainly yeah. um, we keep one another honest Almost, in the same yeah. way that three and TVNZ do in some respects. Um, I think that's interesting, don't you, Duncan? That we are two media startups, and and lots of people compare us and talk about us in the in the same breadth. And sometimes I think, oh, we're, we're quite different products. I wonder, you know, why you do that. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of really pleased about the spin-off and newsroom being able to survive and get through this and have periods of quite prosperity, really. And, you know, we're, we're, we're both quite well regarded in the market, which I, I, I really enjoy, uh, to be honest. But is that your sense of it too? Yeah, it is. It is. And the only thing I would say about that, which I sometimes gives me pause, is that occasionally you will hear people pointing at us, uh, the, the two of us really, as independent, relatively recently founded, uh, you know, you, you, the, the laundry list of common things that we do have, even though, as you say, if you actually are a close reader, you'll, you'll, there, there's quite a lot of style, tone, scope difference um, there that that masks. But the thing I think is, you know, and, and, and you know, so you, you could say, oh, well, yes, News Hub is falling away, but look at this these green shoots. But that all we are is shoots. And the thing, like, like I would hazard a guess that in, you know, we, we were founded 10 years ago this year, our birthday's in September. 
in the 10 years that the spin-off's been around, um, which roughly encompass the sort of true digital news era within New Zealand, the total growth in pure digital journalism in that sort of independent space on a good day represents maybe a third of the staff who lost their jobs at News Hub yesterday. And I think that, that that's the story that sits behind these green shoots mm -hmm. is that the, the scorched earth um, that we're growing out of. Yes, and that's right. And if you look, if you look at the US, I think 20,000 journalists left the industry last year or were forced out of the industry. This is a worldwide issue, uh, you know, really for democracies. Um, you know, whether, whether we can grow to fill some of these, uh, op these gaps that are opening up, I think is fairly debatable. You know, where, where is the capital coming from? Yeah. Where, is, where is the investors taking a risk? Um, and it raises that whole issue of ownership and whether there shouldn't be uh, philanthropic trusts, um, even charity status. And I think, you know, these are the things that government should be discussed. Melissa Lee should be discussing this. She should be coming and talking to you, me, Sinead Boucher, you know, whoever else, um, and saying, well, what do you make of this? Uh, could this help? I, have you had any of those discussions? No. When we spoke yesterday and um, she said she'd like to get coffee, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that, that'll happen. I do want to give her yeah. a, a minute. It does take a while to yes. uh, acquaint yourself with an operating environment as a minister. Yes. But, but they've had a long time in opposition that they could have come and, and done this. Uh, that, that is unequivocally true. Uh, look, it's, it's, it's obviously it's a very difficult, troubling time for journalism and an awful week uh, for for News Hub's people in particular. Um, but I really appreciate you coming up to, to discuss it, Mark, and I've, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation, albeit I wish it was under different circumstances. Yes, well, I'm uh, same, Duncan, and it is, you know, it, it it's, it's very difficult to think all those people who put so much in... Uh, that's going to disappear. Um, and I feel for them uh, greatly. But look, you know, things will be okay. There, there will be some other opportunities. And I, I don't think it's over yet either. But yes, I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation too. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming up. Kia ora e te iwi, te aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.